one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This episode of the Self Love Club is brought to you by the Hello Cup, the cutest and most comfortable menstrual cup on the planet. Join the Hello Gang and get 15% off your first Hello Cup. Use the code SELFLOVE at thehellocup.com. Hello, welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast dedicated to chatting about stuff that matters, real talk and lols. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Thank you so much for joining me. And happy International Women's Day if you're listening to this on its release day in real time. Yeah, the girls, I feel so lucky and honored I get to connect and chat with so many incredible women as part of my work. See other women bossing it, thriving and supporting each other makes me feel really empowered. I'm so proud of the community we have, the barriers we break down and the chats about things people really weren't chatting about but we are all going through them and so yeah, makes me very proud and happy so thank you very much. We've got some new features and you're get to be part of the show. There will still be heaps of guest interviews on the Self Love Club. We're into our third year now so it's really cool to mix things up, keep it fresh, fun, chic you know all the goodness on these new style episodes there's a dose of pop culture book club the latest shows and we delve into a topic with your interaction via the hotline and my instagram on today's show, the royal tea is about to be spilled in a tell-all Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah. It looks spicy. Taylor Swift calls out a Netflix show that made a sexist joke about her, and fair enough. And Margot Robbie holds the Golden Globe Award deciders accountable after their promise of diversity. Plus, we've got book club, and we dive into our topic, which is periods and all things period cups, with Robin from the Hello Cup. First up in our dose of pop culture, Harry and Meghan's tell-all interview with Oprah. The royalty is about to be spilled. It's presented by CBS. It's a primetime special and the full interview will be live our time today if you're listening to this on release day. This is going to be explosive. Royals are never allowed to do interviews like this and be so open. Here's a clip of the trailer. I'm just really relieved and happy to be sitting here talking to you with my wife by my side because I can't begin to imagine what it must have been like for her going through this process by herself. Harry is, of course, referring to his mum, Princess Diana, and yes, she was all alone. Prince Charles had abandoned her while they were still together. He was with Camilla the whole time, and it would have been a horrible time to navigate on your own. And then, of course, the whole press intrusion. Megan has faced extreme tabloid attention and criticism. The latest is that she's a bully, there's allegations coming out, and Harry obviously didn't want history to repeat itself. He went through a terribly traumatic experience. Diana was killed in a car accident while she was being chased by the paparazzi. The royal family are reportedly terrified about this interview coming out. There are reports that the Queen called Harry to remind him to uphold his family values before he did the tell-all, and he promised to never do anything to embarrass them. According to these reports, the Queen told Harry she's delighted he's found happiness and she only wants the best for him and his family. It sounds like they do continue to have a nice relationship and that she'd seen him struggle with his position in the family and she's always you know, had a lot of affection for him. 
Now, Harry has also already appeared on The Late Show with James Corden. You can watch the full video on YouTube. It's mostly a light skip type video. They're having tea on the top of a bus in LA, visiting the Fresh Prince of Ballier house. But Harry did open up about why he decided to do what he has. Have a listen to this. To have walked away from the royal family, why did you feel that that was necessary and the right thing to do for you and your family? It was never, it was never walking away. It was, it was stepping back rather than stepping down. Right. Um, you know, it was a really difficult environment, as I think a lot of people saw. We all know what the British press can be like. And it was destroying my mental health. I was really? like, this is toxic. Yeah. So I did what any husband and what any father would do, is like, I need to get my family out of here. And also, finally, it's so interesting to hear what royals think about the crown, right? When we're all watching it, we're like, oh, what's going on? What are they thinking? Are they watching this? Or are they pretending they're not watching this? Here's his take on Netflix's hugely successful series, The Crown. They don't pretend to be news. It's fictional. But it's loosely based on the truth. Yes. Of course it's not strictly accurate. Of course, of course it's not. But, but loosely... But you do think loosely it does feel it like... Gives, it, gives, it gives you a rough idea about what what that lifestyle, what the pressures of putting duty and service above family and everything else, what, what can come from that. I'm way more comfortable with The Crown than I am seeing the stories written about my family or my wife or myself. Next up in our dose of pop culture, Taylor Swift's savage call-out at a Netflix show that made a sexist joke about her. So Taylor Swift has ripped into a show on Netflix, and good on her, it was a very well-written tweet. I'll read that to you soon. Now, it was about an episode of a new and top-trending Netflix original teen show. It's called Ginny and Georgia, and one of the girls says to her friends, you go through men faster than Taylor Swift. In the 2010s, that was highly circulated entertainment fodder. In 2021, not so much. We're not about slut-shaming, right? Especially when it's, like, pretty unfair. After the episode aired, the hashtag Respect Taylor Swift started trending online and Taylor's fans were rubbishing the show. Then Taylor tweeted, Hey Ginny and Georgia, 2010 called and it wants its lazy, deeply sexist joke back. How about we stop degrading hardworking women by defining this horseshit as funny? Also Netflix, after Miss Americana, this outfit doesn't look cute on you. Happy Women's History Month, I guess. And if you're wondering what Miss Americana is, it's in reference to her Netflix doco. It is a must-watch. It was a real eye-opener, and you can see how the misogynistic norms and attitudes really affected those firsthand in the spotlight. And it made me actually feel quite sorry for Taylor when before I was like, mm, not so sure about it, which, you know, just shows that we would have sold this whole attitude towards her. And in the doco, you see Taylor copying sexism from everyone, the media, fellow celebrities, and in a way, her own team. And finally, in our dose of pop culture, Margot Robbie is holding the Hollywood Associated Press accountable after their speech about diversity at the Golden Globes. So first up, last week's Golden Globes award saw streaming services dominate all main categories. Four categories were taken out by Netflix's The Crown, the top film categories won by Nomadland, by Hulu, and the Borat subsequent movie film on Amazon Prime. It's been a big year for streaming sites, especially with everyone being at home during the pandemic. Now, during the broadcast, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, who they decide who wins the Golden Globes, they addressed their diversity issue, the fact that they currently have no black members, which, to be honest, is not good enough. 
In the speech, the president and fellow members said, on behalf of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, thank you for joining us tonight to celebrate the work of artists from around the globe. We recognize we have our own work to do. Just like in film and television, black representation is vital. We must have black journalists in our organization. They continue, we also must ensure everyone from our underrepresented communities get a seat at our table. And we're going to make that happen. Now, after they made this very like public speech, obviously streaming on TV around the world, Margot Robbie then posts about it on her Instagram story saying, real change means not just standing on stage and saying it, but actually doing it. We look forward to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association staying true to their promise. Ooh, burn. But it is really important that people actually do hold them accountable. The Golden Globes came under fire this year because of the lack of diverse nominations. A number of incredible black films and shows weren't acknowledged in this year's nominations. Meanwhile, shows like Emily in Paris were. Like, don't get me wrong, it was a very light, aesthetically pleasing, and one of the many easy watches we binged during last year's pandemic, which is still continuing. Our viewing has been out the gate, but wasn't really Golden Globe material. It was even mocked in a monologue by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Have a listen to this. Emily in Paris is nominated for Best TV Series Musical or Comedy, and I, for one, can't wait to find out which it is. (laughs) French Exit is what I did after watching the first episode of Emily in Paris. Meanwhile, while that's happening, you see like a shot of Lily Collins, which is nothing against Lily Collins. And she's like, kind of like, oh God, like awkwardly kind of laughing, but like, oh God, jokes on us again. The lack of black nominations has put a spotlight on the organization, which is a group of 87 journalists who decide who win these awards. And get this, that organization, again, doesn't have a single black member. It's extremely concerning. 87 people, that's nearly 100 people and all of them are white. It is extremely concerning and shines a light on ingrained systemic racism and also explains while the Golden Globes is known for ignoring notoriously people of colour in their nominations and diversity across the whole awards. Still to come on the show, we've got Book Club, the biggest shows at the moment, and today's topic, which is period chat. Your questions about period cups answered, but first, a message from our sponsor, the Hello Cup. I purchased my Hello Cup before we started working with them and I know it can feel daunting trying something new, especially when it comes to your period. I've been blessed with the opportunity of using my Hello Cup a few times now and trust me, you don't need to be scared. They make it super easy for you. I've watched the how-to videos at thehellocup.com heaps of times. The Hello Cup is the menstrual cup everyone's raving about. It's the cutest and most comfortable cup on the planet made here in New Zealand. One Hello Cup is the equivalent of using 2,000 single-use tampons. Make the switch and save yourself heaps of money, plus you'll be a chic eco-warrior looking after the environment. Choose the world's premium menstrual cup and join a gang of international Hello Cup lovers. Get 15% off your first order by using the code SELFLOVE at thehellocup.com. Thanks so much to the Hello Cup for making this episode of the Self Love Club possible. Now it's time for Book Club. I've been reading and loving Olive by Emma Gannon. Gosh, I've been gobbling it up. I've hit that point where I'm like, whoa, we're into it now. It's so good. If you want to know more about that book, I talked about it a couple of episodes back. 
I thought I'd feature another book club read I've banged on about in my book club roundup, an Instagram video I made. I know a heap of book club pals went and read it as well. So you might enjoy this one. It's called Expectation by Anna Hope. It's often referred to as the normal people, best-selling novel, of female friendship. Now, I have a slight obsession with books that are set in London. I love my British reads. I don't know. They just make me feel good. I love them. I love London. And it's about three friends, Hannah, Kate, and Lissa, all very different characters. It goes back between when they were younger, living in a share house together, to the present, so the timeline kind of changes, it's quite cool, and it looks at how they've grown and changed, and they're not always where they want or expect themselves to be. (laughs) Relatable! Uh, It also looks at how friendships and lives change over this time. Again, it is super relatable stuff. I really love this book, and I could fully visualize everything. I really got, like, fully immersed and lost in it, so Another one you might enjoy. Looking at the biggest releases at the moment, there's a music doco you should really check out. It's the new Apple TV. Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry. Unlike some music docos, which can feel quite produced, this felt really natural and intimate and gave you an insight into what it's like for a teen pop star, the whole process of becoming so freaking famous. It takes us through the creation of her first album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, in her childhood home. Uh, The Grammys, where she won in all four major categories, making her the youngest nominee to do so. You get to see how her parents were so determined to protect her from such negative impacts of fame, her bond and support from people like Justin Bieber. She does come across quite likable and relatable. She is riddled with self-doubt, even though she's like the biggest star in the world, which... I thought it was quite cool. Not that she's got self-doubt, but, you know, like it makes it's like, oh, okay, cool. Even people that are that big have the same thing. She wrote a lot of songs with her brother Phineas, so she's writing with him, and there's one point where he was told to hold information from her about them needing to write a hit, and then she, you sort of see how she reacts when she finds out about that and why she sort of doesn't really want to write super popular music and the pressures behind it. And you also see that even famous people have shitbag boyfriends. There has been an update on this. Some of her fans have now been sending a whole bunch of abuse to her ex-boyfriend. She posted on her Instagram story asking everyone to be nice to people no matter what. I love you guys. Thank you for protecting me, but be nice because everyone's like going after and being like, yeah, you are a shitbag, mate. And it was quite a contrast to our recent doco watch, Framing Britney Spears. You can sort of see the difference obviously in the times, but the sort of support that Billy has from her parents and how that's been probably a completely different experience rising to fame than maybe Britney had. So check out Apple TV's Billie Eilish. The world's a little blurry. Of course, you can watch it on Apple TV. I'm pretty sure that some movie cinemas, if you're in a place which is showing movies at the moment, you'll be able to watch it there as well. Moving on to this week's topic, which is periods and all things period cups. You may have heard the news last month that period products will be free nationwide to all school students in New Zealand from June. There were 15 schools part of a pilot scheme they ran since last year, and primary, intermediate, and high schools can opt into the scheme, which is estimated to cost around $25 million over three years. 
It is so sad hearing stories about girls and women not being able to go to school or do normal activities, work, because they don't have access to period products. It's a really unfair disadvantage, so I really hope this means they can change some of that and, you know, it doesn't affect their lives so much. Remember when you were younger and you sort of couldn't wait to get your period, especially if your schoolmates already had theirs, and then when you did get it, it was quite a big moment. You might have been a little bit excited, although the novelty quickly wore off, right? I, to be honest, felt quite ripped off. I was like, you mean I have to have this every month for basically the rest of our lives? Rip off? Like, it's not fair. It is estimated that each menstruating person, I want to make sure I'm gender inclusive here, uses 11,000 sanitary items in a lifetime. That is wild. If you have any concerns or questions, please contact your health professional, your GP. We've got a special guest on the show to continue this week's topic about periods and all things period cups, and they'll answer a bunch of your questions from a Q&A we did on Instagram. This is a super open chat, normalizing a whole bunch of things, which you shouldn't have to feel any shame and we shouldn't have to not be able to chat about them. So enjoy. Robin, welcome to the Self Love Club. Thank you so much for your time. So excited to chat with you. Yeah, it's great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about period cups and sustainable options Can you talk us through, you are one of the co-founders of the Hello Cup. We're going to talk through how you came to create that soon. But how do period cups work? And, you know, because it's something that a lot more people have been using over the last few years, especially. Big question, first up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they essentially do the same job that a, a tampon or a pad would do in that they capture your menstrual blood, but what I have to say is that um, they're not nearly, if you haven't tried one, they're not nearly as daunting as you might expect yeah. because obviously they look a bit freaky, but it's it's just a case of getting to, um, getting to know that you fold them down and so they're not, you know, they, they might they might look big but actually they're folded before they're inserted so yeah yeah um, they do I in my opinion they um they they do a better job than tampons and pads because they are obviously it's worn inside you like a tampon but they hold more than a tampon they're not absorbing everything else like a tampon does Mm. so they're just yeah. capturing your blood. They're not drying you out. Yeah. The more you think about it, you the more you realize that tampons, they're kind of archaic in a way, really. Like, no judge, whatever anyone wants to use, their body, their choice. Yeah. But when you think about it, like, it's not a great option, really. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I'm completely biased, but I'm biased because when I started using a menstrual cup for the first time, I felt so um, annoyed that I hadn't had that option for me when I was younger. It's interesting you say tampons are archaic because they totally are. We've rolled along thinking there's no other options. You use a tampon or you use a pad. No one really questioned it and said, hey, is there a better way that we could manage our periods that's actually more comfortable and better for the environment? Comfort has to come first, and with menstrual cups, they are 10 times more comfortable than Mm. a tampon. Yeah. You know, it's, again, thanks to social media and us being able to do things like podcasts and all that, which is, you know, it's a relatively new way of communicating. Prior to this, the only way of advertising was in newspapers or on television, and that was really a forum for 
big business and companies with big budgets. Mm. And and that's why the tampon companies and the pad companies were able to kind of monopolize things for so long. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. The more I started thinking about it, I just had a really bad experience personally. And like, again, I will, I don't know if I'll always forever, I I think I will use a cup. I'd like to think so, but I had a really bad experience with some like meant to be really good organic tampons and they were so uncomfortable. It was so horrible that I was like, I need to buy a cup. Like, I can't do this. And you're so right. It is a bit daunting. I felt like that little girl, like that young girl getting her period again, trying something new. It was kind of like, oh, you know, when you learn how to put a tampon in and that was like, quite a big deal and I was like am I going to be able to do it but the good thing is I think and one thing I'd like to say is that you know your body already probably a bit more if you've already had your period so learning to put this in is like not as scary as when you first start getting your period because you might know the angles a bit more if you know what I mean yeah totally yeah totally and that's it you know we always say when you're starting out use what you think will be most comfortable for you I remember God, I used to practice using a tampon before I got my period because I was like, um, I used to love swimming and I was like, there's no way I read this book, God, it's it's aging me, but are you there, God, it's me, Margaret? <laughs> and in the book, the girl wears a sanitary pad, as they call them in the book, with a belt. Yeah. And like, that's going, my that's mom, going way back. My and mom I was told like, me about those. That's, that, that's yeah. archaic stuff. That's Freaky. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, that's not for me. So. You're so right. And I think it is cool these days. People are having more open conversations like we are now, which in the past weren't happening because you're right, like social media and the way we're engaging these days is different, which is really cool for, you know, so that we can have these conversations and let people know about other options that. I mean, it's their body. They should be able to choose what they want to do and and have that freedom of choice. And before, it was like you didn't really talk about periods that much, whereas now... Oh, it's so so amazing to be able to have these conversations. And even in the three years since we started, like the conversations have really gone up a notch. And Mary, the other co-founder and I, we met when we were at school and we both had terrible periods at school, but we didn't talk about it. Like it's nuts. Why are we not having this conversation with everyone when half of the world experiences period life? It should be so mainstream and so a regular part of conversation because the more we talk about how we manage our periods, whether we get pain, how we do that, you know, do you take Panadol? What do you do? The easier it is mm. for others to learn. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm really grateful to be talking to you. Yeah, no, totally. I love having these conversations because like you say, like there was so much shame almost in something that's like a normally, yeah. normal bodily function. Those of us who have them, we get them once a month for the majority of our life. Like, why are we ashamed of yeah. something? It's, it is cool because, yeah, there's no shame and, and we want to have these conversations which empower people to not be ashamed of something that's just so normal and there should be no taboo around it, if you know what I mean. I mean, remember at school, well, I used to anyway, stuff tampons up my sleeve yeah. and just... I went to a girls' school and I was worried that people would know I had my period. What's that about? Mm, there were societal, sort of like societal norms that it was gross and people would say things and, and guys would say mm. things and 
I don't know, we were just made to feel like we couldn't chat about it. And it's like, sorry, but we're not. It's great. I love seeing those movements now. It's like people aren't putting up with that anymore. Like we're like, no, we're talking yeah. about this now, which I'm, I'm here for. So, yeah, good on you for what yeah. you're doing. It's super cool. <laughs> there is a really cool story about how you and your co-founder, Mary, started the Hello Cup. Talk us through that. You've sort of touched on it already. So how you're friends for a long time. How did you come up with this idea and to this point of what you're doing now? We met at school and we had talked about doing something together in terms of business, as kind of all best friends really do. But we finished school and went on completely separate career paths that kind of had no logical way of sharing a skill set. So I became a journalist, Mary became a nurse. So that the dream of of doing something together really just fell by the wayside. But then I, a few years ago, tried a menstrual cup after knowing about them for quite a long time, but going, they sound good, but they must be weird or there must mm. be something wrong with them because I don't know anyone who uses one. But in my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I'd seen a picture of one one day I just went into my local pharmacy. I didn't know it then, but the pharmacist was a menstrual cup user, but she would have been the only pharmacy in Hawke's Bay that stopped menstrual cups mm. back then. Went home, tried it. I was like, this is life-changing, instantly life-changing. Mm. So then I rang Mary and I overshared and I, Good, you know, we I love like, that. <laughs> and then I was like, this is what we need to do. This is our business. I really like this cup. But I've already been online. I can't find one that's made in New Zealand. There's changes that I would make to it. It's, you know, it's not perfect. No one's talking about menstrual cups. We need to talk about them. And yeah, and off I went on the yeah. complete tangent. And luckily she she sort of was like, oh yeah, she's got three daughters. So she knew pretty instantly too that a menstrual cup would have helped her at school as well. Yeah. We literally started sketching and then was like, well, what are we going to call it? And what are our taglines going to be? And so we came up with all the fun stuff first, you know, like yeah. pretty much off the bat where I was like, bloody brilliant tagline <laughs> and no strings attached. And But the name, so we wanted something that was really positive because like we were saying before, you know, there's so much negative connotation around periods and normally it's like people go, oh, I've got my period, you know, just, and we've all bought into that in some way rather yeah. than kind of embrace, you know, because actually they're amazing and they're not always nice for some people who have um, endo or um, polycystic ovary syndrome. You know, these periods aren't always easy, mm. but we're all here, but thanks to periods yeah. in, in a way. So hello with a um, full stop after it, which is for those of us who watch too much Netflix will know <laughs> that in in the US, a full stop is called a period. So the na- it was hello period was kind of how we That's decided cool. to. Yeah, because I um when I bought mine, honestly, I'm a nerd. For, I think a lot of us love like beautiful packaging and I love colours and I'm a bit, of, you know, I'm a creative. So I love like what you've done, the aesthetics. It's just so pretty yeah. and it did make it, make it a, like the box. I've still got it sitting in, you know, my drawer and it's just, it made it oh, a nice, yay. it made it a nice, pretty experience, you know. And, and that, exactly what we wanted you know to to have something that was for you for something that you needed but it was also beautiful and felt like a bit of a treat yeah no well done you've done a beautiful job tell us we're going to talk through some questions and things soon which cover off a lot of points about the hello cup and period cups talk us through the benefits because I know obviously the environmentally like it's so good for the environment what are some of those benefits they hold three times more so for me that 
means that I'm not going to the bathroom every hour to change a tampon. You can wear them for up to 12 hours. So, you know, if you're at school, you can put your cup in in the morning and go to school and you you don't have that worry. You don't have to do the tampon up your sleeve thing. Mm. One cup will last you for five years. You're not having to head to the um, supermarket aisle every month. One cup is the equivalent to over 2,000 single-use products, which is pretty crazy. And so you're saving quite a lot of money. A cup will tend to pay for itself after about three periods. There's obviously an initial outlay that's more than buying a box of tampons or pads. So there's no nasties in them. There's no regulations um, currently. We are supporting a bill in the US to require companies to put on labels what is in their products. People assume that a tampon, oh, it looks, you know, soft and fluffy. That's just cotton. Well, it's not that non-organic tampons will contain microplastics Mm. they contain their bleach they've got chemicals you know so you want to know what you're putting up there you want to know that it's safe that it's not going to affect you people are surprised to learn that the first tampon that was ever used is still somewhere on our planet like they take five to eight hundred years to break down you do the mass in your head (laughs) pads are the same when you think about half the population of the world using them every month for around 30 to 40 years of their lifetime, it's pretty horrific. Your experience and also Mary, who is a nurse, and the feedback you get, do you find that there is often people who might have painful periods, they find it less painful? You know, we're still um, a, a small startup, but we get emails from customers who say they're, and this didn't, I disclaim it, This was not the case for me. I still um, had um, really bad period pain just using a cup. But for some of our customers, they found their their period pain completely disappeared using a menstrual cup. And I would love someone to do a study into that and whether that is potentially something that's in tampons that's, you know, that can cause reactions and and create cramping. But, you know, I honestly don't know. I don't have the authority to say whether that's that yeah, is the yeah. case or not. We've got a few questions. We'll run through those soon. I actually personally, again, like starting the starting the ball rolling, like showing that we don't need to have shame around these things. I don't know if I've, I've watched your video a lot on how to insert them, but I don't always know. I wish I could see. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, but I wish I could see how it's positioned. I can kind of feel it. But like I, I think sometimes I have, not always, but sometimes I have a bit of a leakage situation, so I'll need to make sure I wear it. Yep. A liner. That's the only thing I'm still trying to nail. Obviously, watching that video will help, but are there any tips on nailing the insertion and how to place it? Absolutely. So number one tip for our cups is um, because we put the rim on the inside is to make sure when you fold them that you're doing a shallow mm. punch down fold. Yeah. That ensures that your cup will open up really easily when it's inserted. Your cervix plays a huge part in where your cup should sit. And and I always had a really hard time when I had my sphere. Then finally, a few years ago, the nurse goes, oh, can't see your cervix, goes and gets another nurse. I always ended up having two nurses in there and like my legs sort of up the wall. And I said, why is it so difficult every time? And they're like, oh, because your cervix is tilted. Because I've had similar and then... I, when I had a check or I had a procedure done a wee while ago, he, they really struggled and they said that it's slightly tilted. Yeah. So maybe that's why I'm having. There you go. Maybe that's so, why. I'm so if you've got a tilted cervix, you need your cup needs to follow that line. So 
you're probably wanting to angle your cup almost horizontally. So it's Ah. like straight towards your tailbone. Don't be afraid to experiment with angles. What we found really frustrating when we started was that other brands all said, if you've had a baby, you're a large. And if you haven't, you're you're Mm. small. But having a baby has not much to do with your cup size. It really depends on your age. If if you're in your 20s and you've had a baby, chances are you are more active, your muscles are still in great shape. Having a baby just doesn't ruin everything. Everyone's Um, like, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) hallelujah. Um, The fitter you are, the better nick your muscles are in. The tighter your muscles are, the less room you have. So it's all to do with that. So if you're getting leaks, you might also want to try changing down a size. Okay. So some of the questions we've got, kind of already answered some of these in what you've talked about, but someone wanted to know how long you can use one period cap for. So like, I think you said it was five years, right? Yeah, so five years, if you're following our instructions and looking after it well, keep it out of direct sunlight. Some people like to change them every year. They will last five years Mm -hmm. and we take the cups back if you're in New Zealand or Australia. If you post them back to us, we send you out a discount code and we recycle them. And you've talked a little bit about hygiene. Someone wanted to know how do you keep them clean? Because I guess some people are worried that it's not hygienic. Talk us through cleaning them. And I know there were some really good tips I learned from you guys about washing them under cold water first so the blood doesn't stain the cup. That's such a good point. In terms of hygiene, wash your hands before you insert your cup. One of the most common questions we get is how, how do you look after it if you're in a public toilet? It's easy. You don't need a tap. Wash your hands before you go into the cubicle. Take your cup out, empty it, wipe it out with loo paper and reinsert. You know, if if you want to rinse your cup in a toilet that doesn't have a tap, take a water bottle in with you. Mm. You need to sterilise your cup once a month. So before you put it away, we recommend at the end of your cycle, sterilise it, then pop it away so you're good to go when you get your period following month and sterilizing is just boiling it for three minutes in a pot of water or in a microwave steamer following instructions for a baby bottle kind of type time limit or using a sterilization tablet quarter of a sterilization tablet i'm quite a hygienic person like i like to i don't know just like to keep things clean keeping it clean during your period so you sterilize it at the end Do you just recommend like cleaning it? I just clean mine with like soap or something and make sure in between each main use so that it's nice and clean. Yeah. Yeah. So cold water first, then a mild soap. Really, really watch the, you know, the fragrance ones smell nice in your hands, but you don't want anything that might linger on the surface of your cup that would irritate. Yeah, you got to watch those. And fragrances can do that. you got to watch those pH levels down there, don't you? That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Someone wants to know if you can wear them to bed, like, because, you know, with tampons, you're told not to. I secretly always did and just made sure I changed it. But can you wear them to bed? You absolutely can. Again, for me, that was just a a real revelation about making the switch, you know, with a heavy period and there's nothing worse than waking up in the middle of the night and soaking through the shit. I know. I'm the same as you. I've always been worried that I'm going to like leak or like even at school, like, you know, you're worried you're going to like leak through your uniform or on the the chair. Like it's so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Sleeping is, we get asked about a lot. So yes, absolutely. And swimming is the other one. So the benefit of swimming with a cup in is that, essentially forming a barrier and you know going down the pool there's no water going up your badge and into your tampon <laughs> and absorbing into the temple because you actually think about it you know that sensation when you get out of the sea or a pool and you've got your soggy tampon it's actually 
filled with the Ugh. pool. And I mean, yeah. God, it's so gross. So a cup doesn't fill up with the water because it's already sealed up there, right? No, Game changer. Yeah. Um, you've talked us through a little bit, but so I wanted to know, like, you know, with tampons, there's rules about like how long you should change it. So are there sort of like guidelines or how often you should change it? Yeah, so definitely um, every every 12 hours. One of the things people um, are concerned about is a very, very rare bacteria that you can get, and it's called toxic shock syndrome. So you'll see, um, you'll probably remember being terrified by the instructions oh, yeah. in the tampon box and the big letters, and mm. we, we have that warning on our cups too. So toxic shock is really rare, and it is associated with periods, but it's not caused by periods. It's when a bacteria gets into your bloodstream, the reason why it is associated with tampon use, back to that whole thing, tampons dry you out. If your flow is light and you've got a tampon in and you know that feeling when you're pulling it out mm. and it's kind of like, <laughs> it's awful, that your risk of um, getting a, an abrasion or a cut is higher. So that abrasion or cut is a pathway for bacteria to get into your bloodstream. There have been, I think, three recorded cases associated with cups since they were invented in the 1930s compared to, you know, so many with tampons. In all those cases, the user had left their cup in for a few days by mistake. They had existing abrasions. So that was one of the things that was game changer for me when I started using it. It's like, you mean I don't have to change it every time I go for a wee? Like, I just couldn't believe it. Oh, some, yeah. I don't know Same. if this is normal, but like some, there was one girl I, I met and she didn't change her tampon every time she went to the toilet. And I found that a bit strange. I think there's, and I actually did some research into it. And apparently that's actually something that some people do. Whereas I was brought up to well, take it out every time. So for going to the, and I, cause I, you know, if you drink a lot of water or whatever, you're going all the time you yeah. need to change them all the time. So and the that's cup, right. It's and you're peeing on the string normally. So then it stinks and it smells of wheeze. But I reckon that some people probably, you know, tuck the string in and don't, but I still think, I think it's, it's pretty hard to avoid. Break, yeah. I was yeah, like, no. I think so too. I, um, another question here. There's a few actually. Oh, so I wanted to know, and I actually want to know this too. I guess everyone's shape down there is in, in their uterus and their cervix is different, but how high are you meant to go up? They do go yeah. quite, you, you can actually get quite high up there. So how high are they meant to go? Your, your cup will probably gravitate upwards depending on where your cervix sits. Well, the majority of us will sort of have an average cervix height. Some people see sit really, really high and some people see it's like literally they can put the tip of their finger inside their vagina and their cervix is right there. Wow. So to answer that question, it's a bit tricky. Um, yeah. Essentially, you want it to sit just below your um, cervix and you might place it um, in a certain position and then you go to remove it and you're like, holy heck, uh, I can't actually, where's it gone? Yeah. And it, can't, it can't disappear. It's a dead end street. But it can migrate upwards, you know, if you've got a high cervix. So the key is always if it's if it's headed um, north, then to relax, open your pelvic floor yeah, muscles, yeah. do some deep breathing, and and it will. And you can use your muscles, you know, like you just basically push gently, like you're doing a poo, and your cup will come lower. I think mine must be quite high because I often have to, I every time I take it out, I have to have that little squeezy thing and then like reach up and get it. And I did have an experience once and I was like freaking out that I, like I knew it was going to be fine and I was like, just relax. But yeah, I was like, where have you gone, mate? You're, you're really up yeah. there, you know? So yeah, they can go quite high, which I think can freak people out a little bit. Yeah, It totally can freak people out and we get emails and I always try and like make sure we jump on them as soon as we can if someone's got a cup that they can't find because the 
problem with it is that if you're anxious, your muscles are clenched. And so that cup is sitting on top, you know, above those muscles. So it's actually just making it more difficult. You know, relaxing is absolutely the key. Yeah. yeah. And so the toggle bit, if you have one uh, on your cup, it's meant to be inside, right? That's not meant to be sitting yeah. down. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that part is... Just supposed to be just inside your vagina and and so with the people with low cervix that were writing to us that was protruding mm. outside and so yeah so that's why we did the low cervix but if you want to know where your cervix sits we've got a guide on our website you can um, do a rough measurement and that's always good it's good to know you know knowledge is power that leads us on to our next question how and you sort of did touch on it before but how much can they hold liquid wise Obviously, it varies to do with the sizes, but about 28 mils is kind of the average. So just think about three times the amount that a tampon will hold. I got to admit, I remember when I first heard about cups years ago, and again, this is like attitudes that we were taught, right? I was like, oh, I don't know if I find that a bit gross. Like, I know that sounds really bad. And my attitudes have changed now, but I was like, mm, emptying my own blood kind of grosses me out, even though that's a weird concept because it's like it came from my body. Why should that gross me out? But we're taught to be grossed out by it. We're taught to be ashamed. Yeah, and look, yeah. I think I, I do think you know, it, blood's not gross, but it can make people squeamish. It's normal, but yeah. um, it's great that we are normalising it. And one of the things that we've again we've found is that. What a cup allows you to do is really have a, re- a great idea of how much blood you lose. You can't measure that with a tampon mm. and you can't, you don't know, God, I hope this isn't too gross, but you don't know the consistency. So if you've got really big clots or your yeah. blood's really dark or really light, these are all things that you can, again, it's all knowledge that you can take and discuss with your doctor or um a naturopath or whoever you're seeing if you, if you need extra support around your periods. We did have a question that came through. I'm just going to read the different parts of it. I'll keep this completely anonymous as I said we would. Someone has said, I had a bad experience. I'm actually traumatised. How do I go about getting back on the horse? I was traumatised because it was stuck sideways for over 45 minutes. No exaggeration. I tried it all. It was too soft. I thought I was going to have to get it removed professionally. And being that time of the month, I was extra sensitive and cried for ages. I felt I felt so sorry oh. for her when I read that. I was like, "You poor thing." Oh. Yeah, so oh, that's awful. So that how- is it's so tough. And yeah, I know. Look, oh, hugs. Um, I know. I was like, "Send me lots of hugs." Uh, soft cups can can be tricky because our cups are relatively firm. That doesn't mean that that situation couldn't happen with our cups or any kind of cup and again it goes back to what I was saying before and it's so much easier said than done if, if you think it's gone sideways or it's gone too high deep breaths and relax and in this situation I would have said look just go for a walk come back in a couple of hours and try again mm. you know it how do you how do you get back on the <laughs> wagon first thing I would do <laughs> would be measure your cervix and ascertain whether it had gone sideways because potentially your cervix was quite high and there was a bit of room. Make sure you've got the right size. Don't buy a soft soft cup if that was um, a problem last time. As a company, we'll talk to anyone, whatever brand they're using, and just see what advice we can offer. But yeah, (laughs) good on her for wanting to try again. That's the really cool thing about it. I think a big thing is learning how to insert them seems to be so important because I think a lot of people would see them, and if they don't watch the video or they don't read the instructions, 
they might think, oh, I just shove it on up and that, or they fold it wrong, like you said, and that's when yeah. you're not using it properly and you need to make sure you use it. That's a very sacred area. You've got to be very careful how you treat yeah. it, you know? Yeah. yeah, it doesn't take long. Read the instructions, watch videos, sort of, again, knowledge, power. Yeah, i got to say, I've watched your video on loop a lot of times and it keeps playing over and over. <laughs> I'm like, this is very helpful, especially when you're in the midst of doing it and you're like, oh, cool, it's going to do a replay. That's handy because I need it to go back to that bit again. <laughs> So I can see. So thank you for putting the video up on your website. Oh, thank you so much, Robin. You've answered so many helpful questions for us. I've really enjoyed chatting. And I, yeah, I feel like we've covered so much off and everyone will be able to learn more and feel empowered to try something like this. And I think, yeah, I'd love people not to feel daunted because I, I remember when I ordered mine, I was like, I knew it would be fine, but I was like, oh, I feel like I'm going back to when I was like 13 again and it's scary, but it's not oh, as scary. Yeah, it's not as scary. That's the main piece of feedback we get is I wish I'd done it sooner. And so you've really got nothing to lose. You've mm. only got a really positive experience, hopefully, touch wood, to gain. So don't be scared. Ask us any questions. Do your research and be kind to yourself. Oh, thank you so much, Robin. We love what you've created and what you do. We're really grateful. So thank you so much oh, for your time you. it was, today. Oh, it was so nice talking to you. Thanks to the Hello Cup for making this episode of the Self Love Club possible. Designed by a nurse, super cute and changing lives around the world. Get 15% off your first Hello Cup. Use the code SELFLOVE at thehellocup.com. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're an independent podcast and you can support us by subscribing on your go-to podcast app. Click follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star glowing review. Show us where you're listening. Maybe you're out for a pretty walk. Uh, or screenshot and post on your Instagram story and tag us in it at Self Love Club podcast so we can see and share. Share with your friends, sisters, workmates, everyone down Delve into our backlog and enjoy listening. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast. I'm Abel Crawford and we'll catch you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.